Hey guys, welcome in. It's Brad with College Sportscast, and we are presented by the Fanboys. All right, guys, I think I'm back. I was waiting for my mic to come on there. So, again, I'm Brad with College Sportscast, and uh, we have a, a guest on with us tonight. I'll get to that in a minute, but I want to say welcome to College Sportscast. Uh, I do my show at my shop, Bluegrass Brad's. That's what's behind me. So if you guys see that and wondering what it is, I do some ice cream and snow cones, and I also do burgers and and fries and all kinds of stuff actually um, in Kentucky. And uh, uh, that's what is behind me. So uh, next we're going to welcome Rogan to the show. What's up, Rob? Hey, Brad, thanks for having me. And um, after this show, I will probably be putting in an order for you. Okay. If that's cool. <laughs> all right, man. Yeah. Yeah. We can do that. So are you in Philly? Uh, I'm in New Jersey, uh, in New South Jersey? Jersey, so I'm probably about maybe 25, 30 minutes from Philadelphia, or okay, from Wells Fargo, all the all the the link and all that stuff like that. Right. So Rob does a Nova Nation podcast. If you guys um, are uh, aware of his show, if not, I want you to check him out. Nova Nation, um, they do that. Mainly, he said in season. Yeah, we're out. We're we're kind of we're on a little bit of a you know break just because there's really not much going on right now, especially with you know with finals going on and and students leaving to go home for a little while. There's really not even practices yet on campus, so uh, there's not much going on at this point. But uh, we'll pick it up. We'll have like an episode uh, maybe in the summer or two. Uh, just to kind of give you an update of what's going on, what players are practicing, and and you know who's new, who's not new. Yeah, and, that's uh, actually some stuff that's kind of changed. Is you know now they can actually have a little bit of instruction in the summer. Yep. Yep. Since COVID. Yeah. Yes. It's not yeah. a lot, but it's a little bit. No, it's and we've actually. It's funny. My my son is a, a 13 year old basketball player himself, and. Uh, one of his trainers is a former Villanova player. So every once in a while in the summertime, he'll take Lucas up to um, the pavilion and they, their practice center is right across the, right across the way from the pavilion there. And he'll go in there and he'll take him in there and work with them in there. And you'll see the guys in there doing some work in the summertime, which, yeah. you know, you really didn't get a chance to see too much, but you know, I, I just kind of sneak in because I'm there with my son, 
but right. uh, I pay attention to it all the time. I take pictures, I take video uh, just to show what's going on and who's working out and who's not working yeah. out. So. Well, I had uh, somebody you'll know on the sh- on our show uh, in January. Um, I had uh, uh, Alan Ray on our show in yes. January about yes. mid about mid January um, during basketball season. I had him on the show. He was a great guest and and uh, very very gracious, good dude. Um, knows basketball like you know, loves Villanova. <laughs> I mean. I mean, he is Nova. So, you know, I mean, he's, you know, he really is a great dude. So it was fun having him on. Yeah. He was really the anchor to really start Nova going in an upwards trajectory, you know, right around that 2009, 2010, you know, uh, Jay Wright's new, he's trying to, you know, bring his system in. And uh, Alan was one of the guys that really bought into the system. And it showed because, I mean, he, what was he? He was almost co-Big East player of the year, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah. He was, I think he was second team All-American his yeah. his his yeah. senior year, I think. He was on that four-guard lineup um, yep. that, that made it to the Elite Eight. Yeah. Got, one beat, of his, got beat in the Elite Eight. One of his boys is playing right now. Kyle yeah. Lowry. Kyle Lowry. Yeah, Kyle yep. Lowry, yep. You're right, yep. but he's still playing. Yeah. Yeah, that was a that was a great team. Uh very underrated. Uh I used to love Scotty Reynolds back then. I thought he yeah. was the best. He was uh he was great. I, I tell my son, I'm like, if you want to watch like good, quick point guards, and, and I'm not talking the Kyle, you know, the Kyrie Irvins and the Tyrese Maxis of today. I said, right. get some film of Scotty Reynolds back in the day. He yeah. was, he was good. He was, yeah. He really attacked the room. So they got they got knocked out by Florida one year, who won the title, and then they mm-hmm. got knocked out by North Carolina one year, and they won the title. Yep, yep. Um, I it, think that I think that was like his junior and senior year, or maybe it was sophomore and junior. I can't remember now, but we talked about it on the show. That's wild. That's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. He's a. Yeah. He's a he's a great guy. Yeah, yeah, he really is, and uh, it was great to have him on. I just thought since we were talking, I, I would throw that out there that I had him on the show in January. That's wild. That's a great connection right there. <laughs> All right, so I have our true victory. Uh, this is a veteran-owned sportswear company. Uh, it has a great message, and you can scan that QR code to the right of the screen. It'll take you right to the online shop. They have men's, women's accessories. Check them out. They have lots of great stuff that there to buy, hats, anything that you want, backpacks, drawstring backpacks, I mean, all kinds of stuff. So here's an idea. Digital gift cards. Father coming up, buy your father a digital gift card. You don't even have to send it anywhere. It's a digital gift card that can be used and he can purchase and buy anything he wants. So a great idea, great gift, scan the QR code and use our code to fanboys for 15% off. It's on the screen there. I'm going to leave that up kind of while we're talking and we'll get to some stuff that we're going to talk about here, Rob. Sounds good. I'm ready. All right, man. So the first thing we were going to talk about is, is, uh, 
I, I found an SI article uh, that was actually written yesterday, I think, and it's talking about the the top 10. The article is called the top 10 NBA decisions um, that's going to affect college basketball. Basically, that's that's what the article says. Um, there's actually a few more than 10 players listed in the article, to be honest with you, technically. Um there's 10 different teams, but he's got two or three players, you know, off of each, you know, a few teams that have two or three players instead of. So it's really 13 in the article. And I might even add one to this while we're talking um, just because I'm a Kentucky fan and there's really three guys that are making decisions and he's only got two listed in this article. Well, actually, <laughs> I don't know if you've seen – uh, just recently, one of them actually is now out. PJ Hall. Yes. Has yes. Today, that's. I was going to start out yeah. with that. PJ Hall is on this list. This, like I said, this article come out yesterday. PJ Hall actually announced today that he is coming back to Clemson um, and returning to Clemson and taking his name out. So he is one that's on the list that the decision is already made, um, and. It's great news for, for Clemson. I mean, P.J. Hall actually was uh, a week ago was at the Combine and and showed out pretty good. He, he had um, um, some really good games during the Combine playing, and I kind of thought maybe because there was some buzz about him and how he played at the Combine last week, and I kind of thought maybe that might – change his tune but it's good and good news for college basketball um you know they just missed out last year on making the ncaa tournament and i think pj hall has aspirations of you know making the tournament and at least trying to make a run to the sweet 16 or something you know at, at the very least i i i totally agree with everything you said and i i got a question just to kind of just to ask you real quick. So if you're one of these kids that is on this list, right? What do you think is their main determining factor to go back to their school? You know, well, obviously so they've played their games. They've done what they needed to do. Some of them have been at the combine. They've, they've shown up, they've produced. What would make, you know, what would your thought process be to say, Hey, listen, um, you know, I'm going back to school. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to wait. You know, I think that, uh, I think that it's changed in the last two, three, four years with the NIL stuff. So, mm -hmm. you know, used to kids wanted to go to the NBA so they could start making some money. That was, that, that was the main thing really is so right. they could start making money. Well, you know, I mean, we got some guys on this list. You know, Zach Eady is the number one person on this list. Oscar Sheway is the second person listed on this list. Um, you know, you've got some guys that make some money. Um, mm -hmm. You know, reportedly, and I don't know this for sure, uh, but reportedly Oscar Sheway made $4 million last year at Kentucky. Wow. Not bad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, that that's that's not, you know, that's not pennies. You know what I mean? Like that's <laughs> that's so, not barely book money. No, you know, so 
if he's going to be drafted 50, you know what I mean? And not have a guaranteed contract and blah, blah, blah. You start looking at it and you start weighing things. And I think things are different now because you know, some of these kids have been stars in college. You know that they're going to come back and make NIL money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely changed the game. A lot. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's changed. I mean, completely. So we'll start with Zach Eady. He's the number one guy on the list. Um, you know, Zach Eady is, in my opinion, proven everything that he can do in the game of college basketball. Now, with that said, he's a seven foot five, seven three, seven five, big, huge dude, lumbering dude, center, doesn't step out over eight, 10, 12 feet from the basket at, at the most. Um, and the NBA game has changed, and that's just not part of the NBA game anymore. You know, um, he reminds you of a Yao Ming or a, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And, and you know, years ago, there was a few of those players in the league. Now they look, I mean, everybody, everybody's shooting three, seven foot one guy, seven two guy. I mean, and, and they're mobile and they can get up and down the floor and the game is spread out. <clears throat> so that's what Edie's problem. Mm-hmm. is, you know, so will a team take a chance on him in the second round? I think I think so. I think they will. However, again, there's no guarantees in a second round most of the time, money-wise. Actually, there's no guarantees to even make a roster mm-hmm. for second-round guys. Yep. You know, and – Edie could probably go back to school, try to erase the last two years in the NCAA tournament and, and make a run, you know, with, with Purdue and be an absolute legacy player for Purdue university. If he does that. And on top of that, just to say it, he would be the second consecutive returning player of the year to come back to college Mm -hmm. if he does you know here i look at it this way i mean there's a possibility that he does go i would say if there's a projection for him it's got to be like later second round for some of these better teams that are looking for very specific roles that they need uh on their team to be you know kind of plugged in for but like you said i mean the speed of the game for the NBA is is just so much quicker than what this this kid can really play at. And if you do get picked this year, I think you're actually setting yourself up to be possibly a little bit more of a detriment if you go back to school. Because if you truly do show that you cannot speed up your game or you cannot play at this faster pace or – Like you said, he doesn't venture out further than 18 feet. If you don't do these things to show these scouts that you're working on your game and you're getting improved, then 
what have you accomplished by going back? Yes, I understand, you know, for the school itself, you brought it back. He would become a legacy to try to erase what has happened in the past. But at this point in time, you have to, as a, as a, as a kid this age, you have to think about yourself first. And for me, if he did get picked, he has to go. There's no, oh, you know, I'm. He's not, he, I don't think he, he's going to gain anything in the NBA circles by coming back to college. Exactly. So if you get picked and you have a chance to just make a team that needs a specific role, because these teams later in the, in the second round are looking for that specific person. Um, if you fit that mold that somebody's looking for, then you accept it. You try to go in and you try to earn yourself a spot. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you 100%. I'm not exactly sure. I haven't heard any rumors on on what Zach Eady's decisions making is and all this other stuff. So we're just, you know, kind of having a conversation here and talking about this article. Um, I do know a little bit more on the next two kids that's in this article, and that's because they're Kentucky kids. I cover a lot of Kentucky stuff. Oscar Shibway and Antonio Reeves are, are, are listed in this article. You can also throw in Chris Livingston into this one because he is also making a decision. I'll start with Chris Livingston. Chris Livingston is still working out for teams. Matter of fact, he is going, he is headed to Los Angeles tonight and has a workout for the Lakers tomorrow. He also has at least one, if not two more workouts scheduled before the 31st. So he's taking it right down to the wire. I am almost certain that Livingston is going to stay in the draft. Mm-hmm. He is, he is, uh, if he, if he does get drafted, it'll be a, it'll be a late second round guy. All right. But he's got the agents of Clutch Sports, which is Rich Paul, which is got AD and and LeBron and everybody else. Okay, you know the big a, a bunch of big guys. Okay, so I think what Livingston's looking for is some kind of guarantee. Mm. Now, whether or not that's a high pick, I'm not saying that. But if somebody says, "Hey," we will guarantee you a two-way deal. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. A guaranteed two-way deal. I think Livingston's going to take that. And I think that's what him and his agents are looking for. That's that's my opinion on Livingston. I just thought I'd throw that in there. Antonio Reeves um, was at the uh, G League Combine a day or two before the NBA Combine. And he did have two pretty decent games. Um, he had 16 points and and uh, and one and had like 11 or something in the other um, and had two pretty decent games against you know the next tier competition um, and showed and showed you know some ability but he did not get the invite. There was eight kids that were invited from that camp to join the the uh, the NBA combine. He did not get that invite. There was already 76 kids, so they added eight. That's 84 kids for 58 spots. That's wild. 
the writing's pretty much on the wall. Uh, Reeves needs to come back to college. Now, he's been in college four years. I think he's like one class short of graduating, so he could take a summer class and technically be a grad transfer if he wants to. So Kentucky's still kind of waiting to see exactly what happens. But I'm, I'm almost certain that Antonio Reeves is going to come back to school. I mean, that's, get- that's good because, I mean, to me – He's one of one of the better scorers on that Kentucky team. I mean, he was absolutely he's actually somebody who can get the ball in the hoop, and that's the main thing. And him coming back definitely boosters that team uh, because that's what that's what that's what they need. They need scorers. Yeah. So we're, Kentucky's on pins and needles and hoping that he comes back to Kentucky because, like I said, he is close to being a grad transfer. He could technically do a summer class and then be a grad transfer. Um, Because as long as you've graduated, you can do that at any time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and then you get to Oscar Sheboy. Oscar Sheboy is the player of the year from the year before. Just talked about Edie. Um, He's a two-time All-American. One of the absolute monster best rebounders that I've ever seen in in this game. And I've been around for a little while. (laughs) Yeah, I've been around for a little while. And anyways, so – I'm so I'll tell you what I know. This weekend he's meeting with Coach Cal. I, I know that they are they have a meeting scheduled. Matter of fact, Cal's going to him. Hmm. And from and from everything that I have heard, Cal is going to him to make a pitch for him to come back. Not which is different. Most of the time, Cal is being like, okay, go to the NBA, make the money and all that. Mm-hmm. I'm hearing that it's pretty much a full-court press to try to get Sheboy to come back, and Cal's going to him this weekend. Uh, they set it up, and um, we'll see what happens. You know, I'd, he's if he does get drafted, it'll be one of those ED situations again. I mean – Oscar's the other side of this. Oscar's 6'9". He, um, he can step out. He can step out 17, 18 feet and has a good shot from 17, 18 feet. But that's about it. Mm-hmm. He, play, he plays in from there. Um, and like I said, the NBA has changed and, and you've got seven foot two guys that are shooting the ball out you know, lights out out there and everything else. And that's just not Oscar's game. Oscar's more of an old school, um, I don't know, let me throw out some names that make people, Charles Oakley, um, you know what I mean? Like he's he's just more of an old school, in the middle, bruiser, get rebounds, tough guy. And that's he's just an old school guy, and that's not what the NBA is right now, you know. Um, and that's what Oscar's problem is. Oscar's kind of in the same boat, boat, but for different reasons of the same thing that I said that Zach Eady is. You know, um, the game has changed a little bit, and it's just not – here's the deal, though. And I'm going to say this. Um. I was just going to say his name, and now it's 
Michigan State guy on the Warriors. What's his name? Draymond Green. Thank you. Draymond Green has made has made a career out of being a 10 and 7 guy mm-hmm. or a 12 and 8 guy. And and won titles, okay? Oscar Shibway, if an NBA team gives him the chance and puts him on the floor, I would almost guarantee you that he'll at the very least be a 10 and 12 guy. 12, not eight, not eight rebounds. I'm saying 12. He will average 12 rebounds a game if you put him on the floor. And I mean 20, 25, 30 minutes. He'll average 12 rebounds. He's that good of a rebounder. You know, I, the 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 way when you when you look at the projections of where uh, possibly he could go, uh, it is late second round. But there's teams like the Celtics who are playing right now who need that toughness, could use that rebounding, uh, use that size like you were just been describing. So there's teams like that that definitely and a guy like Draymond Green. That's what he's done for for a championship caliber team and been that tough guy. Yep. For the uh, you know the three point bash, what, what is it they call themselves the um, the, uh, the 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 Bash Brothers or the Bash? Yeah, that, the, well, that used to be wait, that used to be Conseco and McGuire way back in the day. No, it was something, bros. Uh, yeah, I, I know what you're saying. Um, I don't know. I was trying to think of the the, the little catchphrase that they got for him, but yeah. I can't think of it. Splash Brothers. Splash Brothers. Thank you. There you go. Yeah. Yep. And, and that's what that's what Draymond has been for them, has been the rebounder, tough guy. And that's what – some people get upset with Draymond, but that's his role. That's what he's supposed to do. Right. And that and you, and you a lot of teams need that. I mean, if you look, my team, the Sixers, they went out and purposely got P.J. Tuck, uh, you know, P.J. Tucker for that role. Yeah. Um, you have, on, you know, have on the Celtics now, Grant Williams, Grant Williams is a little bit, you know, smaller. So I guarantee you they're probably looking for somebody a little bit larger than Grant Williams because Grant gets killed. You saw him in that, in that series with the Sixers, he got beat up pretty bad when he was, when he was facing Embiid. So, um, you Man, know, that's he, because Grant's like six, six or well, six, that's what I'm seven, saying. They need, you know, they, they need some bigger size down there. Yeah. And I think that's what they could be looking for. He is a tough guy, but when you put him up against a seven foot one guy that's 280, I mean, you know, it's a difference. (laughs) So you need, so I think, you know, Oscar can can definitely find a place on the team uh, and a role on the team. And, you know, and that's where Oscar's going to be strong. He's going to be the tough guy, rebounder on the team. And if he can find that role, he will be successful in the NBA I on totally a good agree. team. It won't be one of these bad. It'll be a good team yep. that, want, oh, yeah. that wants it. Absolutely. Yep. It's, a, it's a piece. It's a piece that's missing from one of these teams that's needed to, you know, put them in, you know, in, in the next level or take them to right. the next level. Right. So. All right. So next on the list is Terrence Shannon from Illinois. Um, you know, Terrence – had a pretty solid year with with Illinois at 17 points a game last year. Um, you know he's he's projected to be in the top half of the second round mm-hmm. is where he's projected. 
Um, you know, I there has over the last four or five years, there's been several top half second rounders that have landed some guarantees. Yep. Yep. You it know, didn't used to be a thing until about four or five years ago. And and now there's been several guys each year uh, that's been in that top half of the second round that's landed some, some guaranteed money. He, this Shannon jr. He's very, he's very athletic. He's that slasher type. He plays good defense. Um, I don't want to say he's a three and D type guy, but he could possibly play that that three role on a team, um, depending upon what team he goes for. I mean, on some projections, have him going to the Hornets. Uh, you know, if he's on the Hornets, he's going to play. He would have to play more of that three role just with what they already have there. So right. I mean, I see that happening for him, and he's very. You know, the, the thing he has for him is he's very athletic. He's kind of, you know, one player to compare him to, but I don't want to. But Mikhail Bridges, uh, that type of player, uh, he, he kind of fits that mold. I mean, Bridges definitely elevated his game when he went to the Nets. Um, but back when he was on the Suns, that's kind of the role that, you know, Shannon Jr. is going to play. Right, on an right. Yeah, I agree. And I I think it's going to be – I I hate it for college basketball, but I think for for Shannon Jr., he he probably should stay in the draft. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't you think? I think so. Yes. I don't think – this is one of the, to me, one of the more definitive not going back to school. Right. uh, That's on this list. Yeah, that's on the list. So next we got – Two UConn guys who were starters on the national championship team, Andre Jackson Jr. and Tristan Newton. Um, and they are, are both starters, like I said, off the championship team. You are a Villanova guy, so you should know. I'll let you kind of talk about these two guys um, and know you probably know more about them than I do. So, uh, you know, what, what do you think about their decisions? Well, I actually saw these guys up close and personal because I was at that March 4th Villanova UConn game where UConn just spanked the floor with us and Jackson Jr. went off that game against Villanova. Uh, he is definitely – I think he's mid-second-round mid pick. Uh, I, I definitely can see him going. Uh, one of the teams that they have him listed or connected with are the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, I think that's a great fit for him because, um, you know, you put him in that McConaughey role that that he's playing and, and maybe uh, Grayson Allen type play. You fit him in that role. I think that's a perfect fit for him. Tristan Newton, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I think he needs to come back to UConn. I don't think him staying in the draft is a wise move. I, I I think this is more of a, all right, we just won the championship. Let me get my name out there and see what happens. Uh, kind of like a Dante DiVincenzo did from Villanova right. when they won. Yeah. Uh, but Dante had, you know, a lot more going for him when it came to, you know, size and, and what he could, you know, do as a player. Uh, but Newton, I think, definitely mm-hmm. needs to come back and, and have another year and play um, play again for a very, very good coach at, at UConn um, with Danny Hurley. 
that, right. that's his best bet. I mean, it, Jack- listen, you know, at least getting one of those two guys back would definitely make UConn a contender in the in the Big East again. Yes. With what with what some of what they have. So yep. um, the next the next guy is a big east guy as well. So he's from Marquette. Olivier Prosper is on there. And uh I, I just so I'll again I'll let you kind of talk about him. You saw firsthand. So uh yeah. Prosper was one of those more streaky guys. Uh he could score. Uh he averaged about almost about like 13 points a game for Marquette this year over the season. I mean, Marquette had a very obviously a very good run. Oh yeah, I mean they they gotten they've had a bad showing in the tournament, but all season long they were great. Yeah, and um, you know I, I was always uh, you know I, I really I, I really like Shaka Smart. I, I I think he's a great coach. I think he's a great uh, coach to develop these kids. So uh, Prosper to me should definitely go back. <clears throat> And, uh, and 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 get another year. Uh, that would be wise for him. I, I just don't think he he doesn't have enough polish on his on his game to score yet. And I think that's something that he needs to develop more. He needs to be averaging instead of 13 points. He needs to be averaging like 17, 18 points a game for him right. to get really good consideration. Because I mean, he's a big guard. He's six eight. You know, um, right. so he's a big player, uh, and and he plays you know more of a guard position. So I, he's definitely one that needs to come back as well. All right. <clears throat> so Kobe Brown is the next guy on this list. I did see him play a little, probably a little bit more than you did this past year. I would I would venture to say, um, you know, he he had a really great season under first year coach Dennis Gates at Missouri last year, um, and worked his way into some draft consideration at least at the very least. You know, I don't know exactly what his status is as far as like I, I'm sure he's going to be a second rounder if he if he does get drafted. Um, I'm you know I'm I'm pretty sure that's where he's another one of those guys that's going to be in that Grant Williams. We were talking about him. Um, he'll you know he's he's an undersized kind of a forward tough guy um you know that's that's going to be his role probably in the nba for uh you know for kobe brown he's a great player average nearly 20 points a game you know all i can tell you is this if he if he were to come back to missouri for having an effect on college basketball, it would be a great – like that would be – like I, I really think Missouri will be a contender in the SEC if Kobe Brown comes back. That's where I'll leave it. I, you know, I don't know exactly what he does, but, you know, the reason why we're talking about this is the deadline's May 31st. Today's May 25th, and we, we are going to be finding all this out, these guys that we're talking about, you know, in the next – Five six days, yeah. Um, they all have to make a decision by by uh, May thirty first. The next is two guys off of Creighton, who again is a Big East team, and you you're actually a good guy to have on the show with this one. So um, Trey Arizona. Alexander, huh? 
There's a lot of Big East guys on this list. There is a lot of Big East guys on this list. Yeah. Trey Alexander and Ryan Kalkbrenner yeah. Um, yeah. Um, are the two guys from Creighton. They went to the Elite Eight, of course, last year. Um, struggled a little bit early. I think Ryan is the one that was hurt, wasn't he? Uh, wasn't, wasn't Ryan the one that was hurt early in the season? Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't anything major. He missed a couple and missed games. missed a few games and missed two or three yeah. games, something like yeah. that. Yeah. With him, uh, <laughs> the biggest thing for him is he needs more size. Uh, he, he's kind of – I mean, he's tall. He's Obviously, he's over seven foot. But he's like Skinny. a thinner – he's a thinner seven-footer. And right. uh, if he wants to take that jump to the NBA, I mean, he can kind of somewhat get away with it in the Big East just because – the Big East, uh, certain teams don't have that, like, super-sized centers. Um, so he can kind of get away with it a little bit. But if he if he has aspirations to get in the NBA, he needs to fill out more. He needs to stay in college. He needs to, to work on his game because just being over seven foot at this point in time, unless you have sign, some kind of game behind your, you know, behind you, it, that's not like an advantage anymore. You know, we were just, we, we literally were just talking about this for. He's got some years. great defensive skills too. Yes. Yes. Yep. And he really you know, does. Yeah. He, he averaged, you know, he averaged about 16 points a game. He had about seven rebounds a game. Um, but like I said, he just, I, it, my opinion would be, he would be somebody who would benefit from another year All right. of in college. So what about Trey Alexander? Trey Alexander. Pretty savvy guard. Yeah, only a sophomore. Um, definitely a savvy guard. I, Me personally, I would say he should return, but I think he could be somebody who might try to test the waters a little bit. Um, and, you know, all these guys are trying at this point in time to get en- as much information from teams or scouts of, you know, what possibly – their upside could be and, and if they have a chance to to catch on somewhere um there have been players that you know weren't drafted that basically you know showed up got camp invites and made teams um cole swider from villanova he transferred to syracuse played for syracuse for one year went into the draft i mean i think everybody in the world was telling him to go back to syracuse he stayed in the draft, and uh, he 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 you know unsigned, made went on the Lakers, made their G League team, and did a two you know two way. And next thing you know, he's you know yeah. he's he's part of the team. So, yeah. um, you know, all these kids just got to trust what they think they have. Trey Alexander, you know, from a standpoint of what I think should happen, I think he should come back. But I think he's going right. to be one that might test and, and see might. where he goes. Just to right. base because you said savvy guards, you know, they're they're at a premium. Um, yeah. Because this is definitely more of a shooting drive point guard league now. So yeah, it'd be somebody who would who would you know stay in and just see what happens. And worst case scenario, try to sign somewhere as a free agent. Right. All right. That's good stuff, man. Reese Beekman from Virginia is the next guy. Um, and he's probably one of the best defenders in college basketball last year. Yeah. Um, you know, and he 
uh, front played at Virginia. Um, you know, most people probably don't recognize a lot about him just because he was at Virginia and they wasn't all that great last year and, and stuff like that. But um, he is probably one of the top defenders in all of college basketball last year, and he's got a decision to make. What do you think? What do you think about his decision? I think he stays in. He is projected to be right in that middle of the pack in the second round. Uh, it, teams that were in, like interested in him, Sacramento Kings, which I think would be a great fit for him. Sacramento has a lot of scoring. It has a lot of offense. And guess what it needs? Somebody to stop the ball. and the Yeah, play. yeah. And yeah, that's, that's true. There's yep. your person right there. You you said it. You described it. You you know described them yourself. That would be a perfect fit. Some defense on an offensive minded team. Yep. And there you go. And and to me, if any of these guys, there's probably maybe you know Terrence Shannon Jr. But him and 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 Beekman could probably be the two that would maybe get a guaranteed contract in that second round. Okay. You know, far that's as good. That's that's good play. stuff there, man. Yeah. P.J. Hall, we already talked about him at the top. He was the next on the list. He did announce today that he is coming back to Clemson. So Clemson fans, uh, Jay from Defense Boys is all happy that uh, P.J. Hall is coming back. Um, and then we got Keontae Johnson from Kansas State, and he's a really interesting case because he had all the health issues at Florida and set out Last for almost – Set out for almost two years. Wasn't even sure if he was going to get to play basketball anymore. Comes and finally gets a chance and transfer because Florida won't, wouldn't even play him. Um, and transfers out and goes to Kansas State and has a really great year, not only for himself, but for Kansas State put him with Norvell together and they made such a great run. And, um, you know, I don't know. You may know better than I do. Does he, does he have a chance of getting, I mean, is he, do you think he will get drafted in the second round or is he one of those fringe guys that just might not get drafted? I think he's more of a fringe guy to me. What would benefit him the most and I just say this because of his lack of playing over the last couple of years. I think if he goes back to school, back to Kansas State, and has another year like he did this year, then you're looking at him in maybe you know early second round next year in, in the draft. So this is somebody who I think – I mean, he definitely could be a contender for Big 12 Player of the Year. Yeah, I think he needs to prove that he can – just from a health standpoint, stay on the court and play another season and do what he did here. If he does that, that puts him in a way different scenario than he's in right now. If you ask, you know, if you want my opinion on it. Um, well, I mean, my the the other side of that, I was kind of thinking. The reason why I was asking you is is he fringe or is he kind of safely in that second round? Because if he's safely in the second round, why then because because of what he's went through and the possibilities he might just want to cash out now and get you know and get there and get what he can now right which makes if, sense but 
if he's a fringe guy and he might not even get drafted, then I kind of agree with you. Then, you know, maybe, maybe because he could possibly be a contender for Big 12 Player of the Year. Now, mm-hmm. Keontae Johnson, some of these guys that we were talking about earlier, he's a little undersized for his, you know, for what he does and his position, like for NBA. He'll be fantastic in college. Oh, yeah. He'll be fantastic in college if he comes back to Kansas State. I'm just talking about his NBA potential. If 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 he, you know, if he does make an NBA team, he's going to have to make it as a two, not a three. Uh, because, like you just said, I don't yeah. think he doesn't have the size for a three. Um, do you think he can do that? Can he make it as a two? You know, and, and that's the reason why we need to see more of what he could do. We need to see yeah. more of him actually shooting and and judge it that way. Now, like you said, if I, I, my opinion is I think he's a fringe to just outside of the second round. So that would be the reason why I would make my decision for him and say, I, I got to come back. And this is somebody right here that really needs somebody working with him to try to rattle as many phones as they can to try to get some kind of judgment on what these guys think or where they think he's going to go. Because this decision for him, like you said, could be very, very important because if there's a chance you're going to take that chance, you can get that money. And that could be the way to go. But if people are in your ear saying, hey, listen, you know, you're you're probably right outside. You know, you could probably maybe go as a as a unsigned and try to go somewhere. To me, if that would be my route and that's what they put in front of me, I would say, all right, listen, I'm going to go back. I'm going to show everybody that I can do this. And by I'm sure that would, you know, elevate his his status as far as where he's picked for next year. Right. That's good stuff, man. I appreciate that. So that kind of concludes our NBA, NBA college decisions um, talk. That that was the list that we had. I threw Chris Livingston in there. It was the 14th guy instead of the 13, just because he's another guy that I knew some stuff on. So um, we'll, we'll move on to our next segment. But before we do that, find people that the veteran sportswear company True Victory is up on the screen. You can scan that that QR code and use our Defan 15% off coupon there for that. And kind of throw that out there and remind people of that. I said they're veteran-owned. They weekend. I had a great idea. Father's Day is coming up. They have digital gift cards. You don't have to send anything. You can just give to you, you know, to you for their gift card. And they can buy whatever kind of gear they want. Most dads, I'm a dad, would would like that. <laughs> Don't you agree, Rob? I, hear you. I yeah. totally agree with that one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure most dads would like that, man. I'm almost yep. positive of it. <laughs> All right, man. So we're going to move on to a little bit of college football talk. and And this one is another article. This is actually a a Bleacher report um, from two days ago. And it talks about the best under-the-radar 
impact transfers for college football in 2023. Um, so, again, this is under the radar impact transfers. You know, everybody's going to talk about Sam Hartman and, and you know, um, Devin Leary to Kentucky and, you know, so – there's a whole list of the top guys, and most people go through all that and been talked about. So we're going to talk about some of the under-the-radar guys that might be able to have an impact on some teams. Um, and the first one is a guy who actually signed in South Bend to start out with. Uh, Phil, and I'm going to – Probably butcher a few of these names, just so you know. I, I see them coming um, up that I know. I have no idea how to say it. So yeah, there's there's one for sure that I'm gonna that I'm absolutely gonna butcher. I got you on that. Uh, do you got it? Well, no. I'm just saying I'm I'm right there with you. <laughs> yeah. All right. So Phil Jerk Jerkovec. I I think that's it. Yep. I'm. I think it's Jerkovec. Yep. Pretty sure. All right. He played at Boston College the last two years. He originally signed with Notre Dame. He has transferred to Pitt. He's a former four-star player, a four-star recruit, I mean, and played two years at Notre Dame, went to Boston College, played two years there. Last year he had over 2,500 yards, 17 touchdowns, um, and and only five picks. And uh, – so, you know, he's a quarterback that's going into an offense that just had Pickett and 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 had the um, guy that transferred Slovis. out that was a USC guy. Slovis. What was his name? Slovis. Slovis. There you go. Yeah, he had Slovis out. last year, and he somehow transferred out. I, I, I don't understand some of these moves, but the, he transferred out. So you've got, you've got him coming in here in an offensive system with Pitt that, you know, they run, they run a good offense and, you know, they've they had Jordan, Jordan Addison that had a star year. Um, you know, they, they've had Pickett, you know, and Slovis last year had a pretty good year for them. So, you know, Pitt runs a good offense and I think, you know, him coming in as a grad senior uh, for one year at, at Pitt possibly could be an impact. For them. Well, the, the, to me, the biggest thing going is something you kind of touched on a little bit, that offense. He's now reunited with his offensive coordinator from Boston College. Right. So he is. Frank, uh, I think, is Gignetti or Gignetti or something. Gignetti. Gignetti yeah. is, was, you know, very familiar with, with him from their time at Boston College. And this guy, he's a dual-threat quarterback. He can run. He can throw. Uh, so I think he fits in perfectly. Now, you know, Slovis was, I think, very, very good last year. So he's going to have some major shoes to fill. Uh, hopefully yeah. that doesn't tarnish what he's able to do because they're always going to compare him to Slovis. I hope that doesn't happen. But, um, you know. And that might be why Slovis transferred out because everybody was comparing him to Pickett. Yeah, yeah, that could be. Maybe. I mean, I, you know, I don't know. Listen, being compared to Pickett's not a bad thing. I mean, he's the starter for the, uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So yeah, right. that's not a bad thing yeah. in my eyes. 
Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they've had they've had a good run the last few years at Pitt, and and bringing him in, like I said, he's a former four star recruit, um, signed with Notre Dame, played at Boston College, and now is a grad transfer and uh, playing in a great offensive system. And you did mention that he's getting to play with his offensive coordinator now at Pitt. So um, we'll see. He could be an impact for 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 Pitt this year. Um, the next one is a running back, Treshawn Ward. Um, he is transferred to Kansas State. Treshawn Ward did. He was a state guy last year, and he's transferred to Kansas State. You know, Kansas State surprised everybody and won the Big 12 championship last year. Um, was a three-loss team and still won the Big 12 in the in the conference championship game, but they had a great season. Um and uh, you know they're needing to replace some some guys. You know they got drafted. So they're they they're, need they're running back. Their best running back, Deuce yeah. Vaughn. Yeah, Deuce was Vaughn. Their team last year. Right. Yeah. And this guy fits the mold of Deuce Vaughn. Right. Uh, Tra- Treshawn Ward is gonna is gonna step in and try to fill that void for uh, Deuce Vaughn who. You know, they have just rode for the last couple of years with Deuce Vaughn. And, uh, you know, so we'll see what happens. I mean, you know, he averaged 6.6 yards per carry last year, 628 yards. Now, they had a kind of a three-back rotation. Yes. Um, um, at, Florida State. at Florida State last year. So he, he – he he wasn't on the field all the time. They had a they had a rotation that was going around, and he was one of the backs that was in that rotation. But now this year with Kansas State, he'll he'll get he'll get a lot more carries at Kansas yeah. State. Yeah, Kansas State has uh, DJ Giddens returning as well um, as a running back. So, uh, but it'll be definitely a lot more. Uh, opportunity at Kansas State than he had at Florida State. And it's funny, I, I, I saw an article about uh, uh, Treshawn when he was talking about, they asked him what the big difference was between Florida State and Kansas State so far. And he said that there were so many distractions at Florida State that now that he's at Kansas State, there's no distractions. It's just all about football. And there's more of a focus for him. So I definitely think him going from the the craziness of Florida State to more of a, you know, um, I don't want to say secure, but you know what I mean? Like more of a uh, even focused. Kansas State, yeah, yeah, focused Kansas State team, I, I think will definitely be a, a huge, uh, a huge, you know, thing for him. Cool, man. That's good stuff. Uh, our next one on the list is Andrew Armstrong, a wide receiver that is transferring to Arkansas. Um, he had 900 and – hang on a minute. Make sure I read this right. You know, with Arkansas, I want to make sure that I read this right, but they have one of the best quarterbacks in the country returning. Arkansas mm-hmm. does first of all. Um, yes. They've had they've had one of you know with with KJ Jefferson they they've got one of the best returning quarterbacks in the country 
I believe, as far as a returning quarterback. You got Caleb Williams, and then I would I would venture to say that maybe KJ Johnson or KJ is second. Jefferson. I said Johnson. Jefferson. Yeah. There I also like uh Mock, what is his name? Maka from North Carolina as as a as a he's a big yeah. strong candidate. You know, he's yeah. he's gonna be up. Drake May. Drake May, that's it. Drake May, you got Drake May. And then the other one that I can think of off the top of my head would be uh, Washington um, that transferred from Indiana, Michael Penix. Okay, yep. Michael Penix Jr. That'd be the ones off off the top of my head. But Arkansas really passes the ball, um, you know, He's coming, he's coming into an offense that is going to be probably a stellar offense. Um, you know, they're going to showcase KJ Jefferson as much as they can. He's got a cannon of an arm. Um, he kind of reminds you of. I think he's. I in my book, I think he's got more talent and is better than Anthony Richardson, who was just picked fourth in the draft. Wow, that's. Yeah, there's a, that's that's pretty that's pretty good. Uh, that that would be good, man. That, Richardson, the story's still out on him, but uh, it is. But I'm telling you, if I had, I mean, you put them on the field together and you actually see them play. KJ Jefferson outplays him every time. I mean, he has for the last year and a half. You know, on the field. You know, I, I don't. I now, does Anthony Richardson? have more there sure potential he's got that kind of talent you know but can he can he find it can he harness it can he develop it can he you know what i mean like there's a lot of questions right and 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 i think and i think kj jefferson is shown that he's got the skills to do it and i don't think richardson has right and and for this kid this andrew armstrong kid He's coming into an Arkansas receiving core. They lost how many receivers to the draft. So they need to like really replenish. He's one of three transfer wide receivers that is coming in yes. to um, Arkansas. So he's definitely going to have an opportunity to play, definitely have a, a chance to make an impact. And um, he's transferring from Texas AM Commerce. Yep. Is yep. where he's transferring from, and I want to make sure that I got it right. He had um, he had sixty two catches for thousand and twenty yards and thirteen touchdowns. So he's, yeah, they're he's, they're Division two though, right? I believe. I think I they're Division two. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, I believe they're two. Yeah. So it's going to be definitely a, a little bit of a jump up. Oh, it know, will be. Yeah, for him. But like I said, he does have the talent. He's six four. He's a big receiver, so um, he he's definitely got a chance to make a big impact on that team. Uh, the way everything's set up, great quarterback. FCS um, is what yeah. it's called now. That's what yeah. they are. Yeah, yep. not F. I'm trying to remember which one's right. Is it BS or CS? I think it's CS. I think it is too. That's what I was thinking. They yep. they changed it. I mean, it used to be Division One Two A and all that kind of stuff. You know yeah. what I mean? Like 
It used yep. to be all that, but they don't call it the same thing anymore. No. All right, so the next guy on the list is Trey Harris, a wide receiver that has transferred into Ole Miss. So he's transferred into Lane Kiffin's offense. Um, <clears throat> I'm not exactly sure who Lane Kiffin's quarterback is going to be yet, but he's got three guys that have transferred in. It's one of the strangest things that I've seen. I've talked about it a lot on my show. Um, I just don't understand how you have – three guys that want to be number one transfer to the same darn school to be a quarterback. Mm -hmm. I don't, I mean, two to have a competition, but how do you get the third guy? How do you get Walker Howard to transfer there after all that? I don't, I don't really understand, but Listen, so know how, know how a lot of these guys it's because it's sec. That's what it is. I mean, the yeah. just the opportunity or the chance to play for an SEC team. I mean, that's really what it comes down to now with the way that these conferences are. Just the chance you're willing to take. That's why there's three in there right now. Yeah. And, I mean, at the very least, you know Ole Miss is going to have a couple of guys that have 50 catches. Mm -hmm. At the very yeah. least. You know what I mean? They have that kind of offense. They're going to have, at the very least, they're going to have a couple of guys that have 50 catches, 50-plus catches. Um, so, you know, you've got um, Trey Harris transferring in. And, you know, on this offense for Lane Kiffin, they are probably right. I mean, you know, he probably can have an impact. I think so. It's set for him to do that. Yeah. I mean, you know, other than him playing in a very tough conference, um, you know, he, he's got the setup there and, and an opportunity to play. All right. The next guy is the guy we were talking about that I'm going to like butcher up this name. So, Olawase, almost Soto. That's pretty good. Almost Soto. I think I don't, something like that. I think that's uh, he, he's an edge, and he transferred from Oregon State. Oh, I don't know. I don't. I'm not even going to try it again. No, that was good. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even going to try that again. All right. So Oregon State is coming off of a 10 win season, and you know they're they're dreaming of possibly winning the Pac-12 this coming year. And I'm not saying that they're going to, everybody's going to say, Oh, wait a minute, USC and blah, blah. You know, I get it. I understand, but I'm just saying from Oregon state standards from, the, from their own, within their team, within their concept, they're coming off a 10 win season and they're, they're dreaming of making some waves out there, you know, um, this guy is transferring from Wyoming. He was a redshirt freshman last year from Wyoming. He had 46 tackles, seven and a half uh, for a loss, six and a half sacks for Wyoming last year. And, uh, you know, he's an edge rusher. And it's something that's that Oregon State on their defense is pretty well known for. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, they, they will uh, – They'll know exactly where to put him and, and how to use him and teach him. Um, so 
it's a name to look out for, even though I can't really pronounce the name right. <laughs> now, this guy. Double O. We'll call him Double O. This, this guy, um, he was really sought after when he announced he was going into the transfer portal. There was a lot of teams that were looking for him just because of his ability, his size. Uh, he's over, you know, over 250 pounds. Um, he's built well. And he's going to be. Yeah, he has he has NFL potential. Yeah, and he's going to be a boost to that defensive line for for Oregon State. And you know, a lot of a lot of teams were after him. So him going to Oregon State was definitely a big uh, victory for them uh, for getting him. Yeah, yeah. It's so you know, look out for him. Like I said, I'll call him Double O from the now from now on. I like it. <laughs> you like it? All right, we'll, we'll yep. call him Double O. <laughs> All right, so the next guy is another Pac-12 guy. He's transferred in. He's a linebacker. He's going to Arizona. Justin Flo, I think is how you pronounce his last name. It's F-L-O-W-E. There's an E on it, but I still think it's Flo um, is how you pronounce it. Is that right, as far as you know of? Yep, I'm pretty sure that's right. All right. So he missed most of 21 with an injury. Mm-hmm. Um, but he transferred from Oregon is where he transferred from. So anybody that goes to Oregon, you know, is um, a top-notch recruit. Um and he's he's played in twelve games. Has always played in in three years at Oregon, but that's because of injury. Right. This guy. This guy's biggest thing is he needs to stay on the field. Uh, he was a he's a former high school defensive player of the year. Yeah. He's five star recruit going right. into Oregon. This guy has all the talent and athleticism there is. He just needs to stay on the his field. very first game. In the 2021 opener, he had 14 tackles. I mean, he's a linebacker. You know, he had 14 tackles <laughs> his very first game and then gets hurt. Yep. And just has not been able to stay healthy. Right. Yep. You know, for, for an entire season. His biggest goal is to complete a season. And, you know, he could, he could be a difference maker. Um I'm just not sure how good Arizona is going to be as a whole uh, in that pack division. No, they brought in they brought in a couple of kids. I mean, they're trying. The coach yeah. is trying out there, yeah. you know. I, but to be fair, you know, a couple of years ago they were a two or three win season. You know, two or three win season a couple of years ago. I think they did a little better than that last year. I want to say they was around five or something. Yeah, yeah, last it was year in five hundred. But that to me yeah. that. That's realistically where they might end up this year as well. Is are are you shooting for a 500 record? I mean, Oregon has been a team in the past that has been competing for pack titles, right? Um, and he transfers out from Oregon and goes to Arizona, right? Uh, so yeah, this is just I think somewhere where he I think he felt maybe he needed a a, a change of scenery to maybe you know get him back on the field, maybe get him focused, maybe to you know, at Oregon, he was known as an injury-prone player. So maybe now going to fresh start, 
yeah. fresh start and yeah. you know getting through a season he can kind of get that behind him and then you know make it make an impact right and that's what this list is is you know guys that could possibly make an impact with their teams mm-hmm. um so you know he's one of those and then our, our i think this is our last one it is isn't it yep, yep. this is our last one this our is- last Brad, our last guy is R.J. Moten. Listen, I'm going to stop you. This is the guy that's going to make the most impact out of this list. Yeah, I, I agree. R.J. Moten, he's a safety. He's transferred to Florida mm-hmm. and has made the college football playoff the last two years, won Big Ten titles for Michigan, and and been on the field. He's been a contributor both years. Started 15 games. Yeah. Been a contributor both years in 21 and 22. Um, You know, uh, safety is probably going to be a pretty big impact player for Florida on that defense next year would be, would be my guess. Yep. His, his father played for the, for the Gators. Uh, His, his dad was Ron Moten years ago um so maybe that's what drove him home to come yeah. home to florida but i'm going to tell you florida was in dire need of d-backs you know uh losing in the draft or just the way that some of these up-and-coming d-backs have been playing he he is going to be day one starter back there oh absolutely you know possibly even he has two seasons left of eligibility I mean, he could possibly even be a captain on that defensive side. I mean, that's how this this guy is going to be important for this Florida Gator team. Oh, I agree with you. I mean, he's definitely going to be a starter because, let's face it, Florida over the last two or three years doesn't have quite the talent that Florida normally has. Mm-hmm. They've fallen off just a little bit. Um you know what though? Defensively, what? defensively, they were already they had a, they they had a they have a good eleven, all right. Like they have a regular like there's normal stuff eleven. The problem with, with Florida has been the last few years is they don't have the depth that they used to have. Mm-hmm. Right, that's the problem. And and you know when you start losing guys or guys need a break or need to come out of a game for a little bit you know and you got to put plug guys in they're they're not the same talent level as what has been at Florida and that's the reason why Florida's kind of fell off that's that's what i think right and and listen it's gotten a lot harder down in florida to recruit these guys to the gators you know 10 years ago everybody in florida wanted to play and be a florida gator but with with the their turnover in coaching, having all these coaches kind of come and go um, recently, I think has been a big determinant when it comes to just recruiting players to come to Florida. Because now these other teams back in Florida, the Florida States, the Miamis, um, you know, the Florida Atlantics, I mean, the South Florida, there's a lot of teams. Central Florida. Yeah, Central Florida. There's a lot of good teams down there that are now options for these kids. But 10 years ago, 15 years ago, there was really, Florida was it. Maybe you had Florida State, Florida State. a little bit, you know, you know, maybe going back a little bit further. 
but you know, Miami kind of fell off. Um, so now 20 years ago, maybe Miami yeah, was still there, but, but, but that's, now yeah. things are starting to pick back up in, down in Florida. So there's more of a, of a challenge to get these top recruits and Florida, a lot of kids in Florida, where do they go? They go to Alabama, they go to Tennessee, they go Georgia. to, yeah, go to Georgia. They go so, to Georgia. A lot of them go to Georgia. You're losing, Georgia. Right. You're losing to out-of-state universities uh, for your recruitment. So that's the reason why I think Florida has been inconsistent. But, you know, somebody like bringing somebody like this who is a consistent starter, who, you know, knows what they're doing and can come in and establish himself as a leader. Um, like I said, I, I didn't mean to cut you off in the beginning when we were introducing him, but I, I oh, definitely, no, if you're man. looking at this list, if you're looking at this list, this is the gentleman that I would star as the most impact Impactful. for any yeah. guys on the list. That's good stuff, man. So um, again, we this is Rob, and uh, Rob and I are on a in a, a network called Let's Talk Sports together, um, and that's that's how that we have uh, know each other and know anything about each other. Um, and Dan is the, the uh, Dan Harris is the uh, guy that owns leads, has developed whatever you want to call it. Let's talk sports. It is a wide range network of, of sports podcast and Rob show uh, Nova nation is part of that um, network as well. And got some news. They've, uh, Join some join forces with sideline sports, and while Rob is on the show, I kind of wanted to uh, to mention that while he was on with us uh, and uh, talk about that. So, are, are you excited about the oh, potential yeah. here with sideline? Yeah, we, uh, you know, I I've been doing um, this in the NFL for the NFL season. I was doing some wrap up shows on Sunday nights. Um, I have a talk show on Tuesday nights with the network, and uh, we just started this past week um, a uh, sports betting show with me that I just started actually last night at debuted. And um, on that show last night, uh, I think I was one of the first ones to mention the um, the agreement, the, the however Side you want to call it, yeah, the the partnership or yeah, it's, whatever it's it is. Very, it's very exciting. And when, when Dan had, had spoken to me about it, the number one thing I said to him was, this gets us out there to more of an audience. And I said, you're bringing guys like me, guys like you. I mean, you know, this is kind of my like, you know, thing that I kind of do for fun. I kind of I enjoy talking, but um, it's not my career. But now you have brought me to so many more, uh, so much more of an audience it's amazing. And, you know, I, I, yeah. I can't say enough good things about Dan, Dan Harris, what he's done for me, my family, uh, for this community. It's incredible. So, uh, and it's, it's, it's great for him to be able to, uh, have that accomplishment, uh, as far as, uh, doing something like this. It's great. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Dan's been great for, to me as well, since I, since I met him. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he messaged me as well the other night, you know, before um, 
before this was a done deal, I guess you could say, you know, um, and was excited to tell me the news and everything, you know. So uh, um, Dan's a great guy, trustworthy guy, and uh, a stand-up guy. And uh, we're all excited to be part of uh, the, the whole Let's Talk Sports group being a part of Sideline Sports. So I wanted to put that out there. Rob is going to be a part of that as well with Nova Nate. Maybe a couple other things that Rob does. I'm not real sure. So, yeah, I, I'm 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 busy in the beginning of the week, which is good. And I, I I usually have to leave my weekends open just because I have a son who plays a uh, um, AAU basketball. So we're, he's on a travel right. team. So we have a lot of stuff going on in the weekends. But uh, we actually do a show together. I forgot to mention that. I can I forget that? Me and my son, we do a show on Sunday nights um, where we talk about the NBA. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, fun. That's, uh, that's cool. Get to get to do a show with your son. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, thirteen year old, and he thinks he knows it all. So it's fun. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I get that. Yeah. <laughs> all right, man. Rob, we appreciate you being on with us. I appreciate you being on with us. Like I said, I got a, had a couple of guys that were got an AAU basketball coach, and he's traveling tonight, and a guy that was working. So uh, Rob filled in for me tonight, and I appreciate it. Hey, Brad, thank you so much for having me. It was a great time. Um, I enjoyed myself. And anytime you need anything, just, just hit me up. All right, man. Sounds good. I appreciate it. Thank you, man. All right. Yeah. Have a good night. Take care. All right. All right, guys. That was Rob Logan uh, with Nova Nation. Can you can you click off? Because I'm going to stay on for a minute. Oh, I'm sorry. My do, bad. You know, do you know how to do it? No. This is his first time being on. I got you. Leave. It says a big thing there. Yeah. My eyesight's going. Hey, thank you for having me, man. All right, man. All right. Thanks. All right. Yeah, it was his first time being on with me. So, all right. So, I'm going to let Howie Fresh uh, do his thing here and put him up. We're featured on. The Real Fresh channel, and I'm going to put his um, stuff up there and let Howie uh, talk about his channel. Hey, I am Hal Fresh here to tell you about The Real Fresh channel. That's right, youtube.com slash The Real Fresh channel. We are a network aiming to bring you various content each and every day, different types of podcasts, different type of content. Uh, anything from college sportcast uh, and fresh takes for some sports. We also got You Want to Do What. We got The Wrestling Corner. We got live streams. Just go over to youtube.com slash The Real Fresh channel and hit us up today. Thank you for uh, checking it out. Appreciate your time. All right, guys, that was Howie Fresh with the Real Fresh channel. Check him out. We're on there on Sunday nights. He's got lots of other stuff, so check him out. 
All right, I want to get to just a little bit of talk uh, for my Stadium Rant article. I put out a Stadium Rant article today titled Kentucky Basketball Bold Roster Predictions for 2023-2024. Check it out on stadiumrant.com. I want you guys to check out my article. I'm uh, getting some good feedback from this article, and I think you guys will like this if if you give it a click at stadiumrant.com. Again, it's on the bottom of the screen. Kentucky basketball bold roster predictions for 2023-24. So we were just doing a little bit of updates on the basketball decisions, NBA decisions. Some of that is in my article. Go and check it out. We are also on... WSBN TV now. Uh, I want to get that in. Check us out on WSBN TV channel 30. We are part of that network and excited to be a part of that network. It is a world sports broadcasting TV. All you got to do is download BoxCast. If you download BoxCast, you can find us on Apple TV, you can find us on Roku, and you can find us on Fire TV. So you can find WSBN TV and then you can find us channel 30 college sportscast. So we're going to talk about some Kentucky news today, throw that up there again. So um, just a little bit of stuff over the last few days, Cotton Nash died a few days ago, which was my dad's favorite player growing up. And uh, he graduated in 1964. We're talking a long time ago, but he played when my dad was about 11 to 14 and growing up. So he was my dad's favorite player. He was 80 years old. He's actually one of only 13 players to ever play in the NBA and Major League Baseball. And Cotton Nash is one of 13 players to ever do that, to play in both leagues. Um, So check out any kind of article that you want on Cotton Nash. He was an amazing guy and uh, was a great, great player. The time that he left Kentucky in 64, I believe he was the all-time leading scorer with over 1,700 points. Um, when when he graduated in 1964, of course Dan Nissel beat him. In, you know when when he was there a few years later, but when he graduated, he was the all-time leading scorer. Damien Collins today, who transferred from Kentucky, announced that uh, he is transferring to LSU. So he will still be in the SEC. Technically, he did move a little closer to home from Lexington to Baton Rouge. Um, He's from Texas. So um, I'll give him a B on that about going closer to home, being closer to home. Um, But Damian Collins transferred to LSU Um, last week. You had – uh, over the weekend, you had Lance Ware transferring to Villanova. And uh, we got some NBA decisions. 
to uh, to iron out. There's some rumors going around about Reeves. I'm saying this: don't pay attention to these rumors. It's it's those late rumors that try to throw you off. I just have a feeling that Reeves comes back to Kentucky, and this is just something that's trying to throw you off. Um, that's that's my take on it. I believe that's what will happen. What's up, Josh? So Josh is uh, one that read my article, shared my article today. So I appreciate that and uh, put that out there. Uh, Josh, I think enjoyed my Josh enjoyed my article. So uh, I appreciate that. So that's just to give you a little bit of update on some Kucky news. Trying to get to that. Yeah, there's Josh says it was a very good article. And I appreciate that. Thank you much. Like I said, check it out. Bold predictions for the roster for next year. Go to stadiumrant.com to uh, check out that article. So, trying to go through here real quick and uh, see if there's any other breaking news stuff that I need to mention. Kentucky wise. DJ Wagner and Justin Edwards were named Slam Magazine um, High School All-Americans, incoming freshmen. So I want to mention that real quick. Kentucky, the SP Plus rankings from ESPN come out for football or is updated, not come out, was updated today. Kentucky is is uh, ranked fifth in the country on defense. There's only four teams ahead of them. Iowa, Texas A&M, Georgia, and Michigan. That's, that's it. There's four teams ahead of Kentucky on the defensive side of the ball in the rankings of the S&P Plus. I said earlier, Chris Livingston scheduled a Lakers workout for tomorrow. I mentioned the Damian Collins. Kennedy Cambridge, uh, Kentucky women's basketball player transfer, has transferred to Ohio State. There's some rumors about Julian Phillips and Kentucky reaches out to Tennessee star Julian Phillips. Um, I'll let you read my article. Um, but so Julian Phillips, I'm hearing is most likely going to stay in the NBA draft. 
I don't know how true that is, but he's a former McDonald's All-American. He's transferring. He's put he put his name in, but he also is in the uh, decision to make for the NBA draft. And I'm hearing that it's likely that he stays in the NBA draft. So just to give you a little tidbit there. That's what I'm hearing. So Yeah, Josh. Um, so Kentucky's defense is ranked fourth. I mean fifth in the country. There's four teams ahead of them in the ESPN SP rankings. So I just wanted to throw that out there. It's a pretty good sign. Now we just got to get the offense back and Cohen and Cohen getting Leary and keeping him healthy and the offensive line, Yenser trying to get this offensive line back to doing what they're supposed to be doing. Uh, the big blue wall was the big blue wide open hole last year. So let's see if we can fix that. That's what I'm saying. All right. So the fanboys are home for our troops. Is our 2023 nonprofit organization that we're asking you guys to give to. I'll close the show with this. Um, they build homes for injured and wounded vets and try to rebuild their lives. They will build them a home anywhere in the United States. If they're from Michigan and they want to move to Florida, they'll build them a home there. So um, for every dollar that you give, 90 cents of that dollar goes towards building them homes, and they've been doing this for 20-plus years. So to give to them, go to www.hfotusa.org. Veterans Weekend's coming up. So give to the vets. Honor your vets. All right, guys. We will see you on Thursday, and I appreciate you being with me. Appreciate Rob Logan from Nova Nation being on with us tonight. And you guys, I'll see you Sunday.